in the heart of the United States, amidst the sprawling wilderness of its national forests, lies a chilling mystery that has baffled investigators and haunted the minds of those who dare to venture into its depths. It is a phenomenon as perplexing as it is disturbing, the inexplicable disappearance of individuals who vanish without a trace, leaving behind only unanswered questions and a lingering sense of unease. Each year, countless hikers, campers, and outdoor enthusiasts flock to the pristine beauty of America's national forests, seeking solace in nature's embrace and the promise of adventure. Yet for some, their journey into the wilderness ends in tragedy, as they become ensnared in a web of mystery that defies explanation. What is perhaps the most unsettling about these disappearances is the utter lack of evidence left behind. Despite exhaustive search efforts and the use of advanced technology, no trace of the missing individuals is ever found. It's as if they have been swallowed whole by the forest itself, leaving no trace of their existence behind. But could there be something more sinister at play? Some have speculated that there may be forces at work in the national forests that are beyond our comprehension, entities that lurk in the shadows, waiting to claim unsuspecting victims as their own. Theories abound, ranging from encounters with wild animals to accidental falls or injuries, yet many of these explanations fail to account for the sheer number of disappearances that occur each year as well as the inexplicable circumstances surrounding them. In recent years, whispers of a more chilling possibility have begun to circulate among those who study the phenomenon. Some believe that there may be something out there in the national forests, something ancient and malevolent, lurking in the darkness and preying on unsuspecting travelers. It's a notion that sends shivers down the spine conjuring images of sinister creatures and unseen forces that lie in wait for their next victim. Could it be that there's a predator stalking the shadows of the forest? Its hunger for human prey driving it to snatch away those who dare to wander too far from the beaten path. The truth may never be known, for the forest keeps its secrets well hidden, its depths shrouded in darkness and mystery. Yet for those who venture into its embrace, the specter of the unknown looms large, casting a pall of fear and uncertainty over their every step. As the disappearances continue to mount, the haunting enigma of vanished souls in the national forests remains unsolved, a chilling reminder of the dangers that lurk in the wilderness and the eerie possibility that something sinister may be at work in the shadows. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This week we are discussing the Janosqua, a creature likened to Bigfoot, but with a carnivorous appetite for human flesh. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com, such as Destination Terror, 
you can listen to a new episode every week as I take you to horrifying destinations, both real and mythical. Be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. You can now find Freaky Folklore videos on YouTube as well. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. The bobber disappeared twice under the water before disappearing altogether and making the pole bend with such force it knocked it over. Toby jumped into action and gave the pole a good yank. Dad, I got one, and it feels like a big un. He yelled at his dad, who had been baiting his own hook several yards down the bank. Remember what I told you, Toby. Slow and steady. His dad laid down his pole and rushed to Toby's side. Toby did as he was told and slowly pulled in a fish big enough to make a good start to their evening meal. What is it, Dad? Can we eat it? Toby asked excitedly about his first catch. Looks like a yellow perch. A pretty good-sized one, too. We might need at least one more this size or bigger if we want to go to sleep with full bellies tonight. Dan had grown up fishing the lakes and rivers in northern Idaho with his own dad and brothers, but he had always been too busy to bring Toby until now. It wasn't that he was any less busy, but after a cancer scare earlier that year, he took a step back and reevaluated his life. He hadn't spent enough time with his own son, and he realized that if anything ever happened in the future that could prevent him from spending time with Toby, he didn't want to have any regrets. He watched Toby's face as he set to removing the hook from the perch's mouth, trying to edge every moment into his memory. Toby was already 12, and it was just a matter of time before spending time with his old dad may not be cool anymore. Or dope, as Toby had recently taken to saying. Dan hadn't realized how fast time would slip by. It just seemed like yesterday that Toby was following him around with his little plastic hammer, trying to fix everything, just like Daddy. Grabbing the stringer, Dan showed Toby how to secure his catch and toss it into the shallow water near the edge of the bank. This way, it will still be fresh by the time we take it back to camp and clean it, Dan explained. Toby grimaced, but after removing the hook on his own, Dan knew that Toby was a natural. He would be teaching him everything this trip, including how to clean and cook his own fish. How do you think Dylan and his dad are doing? Toby asked about their camping mates who were fishing a hundred yards farther down the bank. It's a nice day for fishing, Dan replied as he gave a look down the lake in their direction. Hopefully well enough that we won't have to share our catch, he chuckled. Toby caught several more fish, mostly smaller perches, but one was a wide-mouth bass, large enough to feed them all. By the time they headed back to camp late that afternoon, the stringer was so heavy with fish that Dan had to carry it. Toby had given it his best effort, but puberty hadn't yet blessed him with that crazy strength of youth. 
Dylan and his dad, Chris, were already back at camp getting a fire ready by the time they arrived. Their catch wasn't even half of what Toby and Dan had brought back. There was someone throwing rocks in the water down by where we were fishing. Dylan complained to Toby. Dad went to run them off, but he could never find anyone. They kept scaring the fish away. Maybe it was Bigfoot, Toby laughed. That would be so cool, Dylan exclaimed. Maybe Bigfoot will visit us tonight while we sleep. We should set up your dad's game camera. Good idea. I'll ask him. He hasn't even taken it out of the box. Dylan was taller than Toby by several inches. He had hit a growth spurt earlier that summer. They had been best friends since sharing a playpen shortly after birth, with them both being born only a month apart. Toby was the older of the two. Their dads had been friends since high school. Toby was the exact opposite of Dylan in appearance, with his mop of blonde hair, olive complexion, and stout build, where Dylan had bright red hair that he liked to have buzzed short, with more freckles than you could possibly count. But their differences were mostly in appearance. The two young boys were closer than brothers, sharing the same interests and sense of humor. Who do you think would win in a fight? Dylan began his usual line of random questions that Toby was accustomed to. Darth Vader or Iron Man? Definitely Darth Vader, Toby answered. He would use the force on Iron Man, and none of Iron Man's high-tech gear could stand against that. You boys interested in learning how to clean fish? Dan asked from across the campsite. He was using a boulder for a table, one of the reasons he had chosen this location for their campsite. Hey, Dad, Toby said as he walked over. Isn't that going to make our campsite stink? The wisdom in his statement wasn't lost on Dan. He hadn't thought about that. He had only been thinking about convenience. He stood there as if thinking it over when Dylan added his own two cents. It might attract wild animals. My dad says there are mountain lions and bears in this area. Yeah, and Bigfoot, Toby said, only loud enough for Dylan to hear, as they exchanged a look. The boys knew both their dads would tease them if they let them in on their scheme to capture Bigfoot on camera. Dan, feeling a little dumb, yet proud of the boys for their way of thinking, reassured them. I'll make sure to clean it off really good. Why don't you boys take that gallon jug and fetch us some water? But be careful. Watch for those mountain lions and bears. Yes, sir, Toby replied with emphasis on the sir. Sometimes grown-ups aren't as smart as they want you to think, Dylan whispered as Toby grabbed the water jug and they took off down the trail headed for the lake. Yeah, I know, Toby whispered back, but you have to let them think they are, or they get all butt hurt. The two boys chattered all the way to the lake, not paying a lot of attention to their surroundings. So, what about Darth Vader versus Superman? Dylan asked. Hmm, Toby thought for a moment. Superman would totally beat Darth Vader in a fight. I mean, come on. Superman is, like, way stronger than Vader. Sure, Vader's got some cool tricks with the Force and his lightsaber, but Superman is practically invincible. Nothing Vader does could even scratch Superman, let alone take him down. 
So yeah, Superman would totally win because he's just better at everything when it comes to fighting. Dylan still seemed unconvinced, but when they reached the water's edge, his attention went back to their Bigfoot conversation earlier. So, are you going to ask your dad about the trail cam? He suddenly asked. Yeah, but I probably won't mention Bigfoot, Toby laughed in reply. The whole trip to the lake and back took less than 30 minutes. At one point, they thought they heard something large following them. When the sound of twigs snapping in the forest grew uncomfortably close. We should hurry before they come looking for us, Toby stated as they looked at each other. The unspoken fear etched on both their faces. The talk of Bigfoot and wild animals had them both spooked. They practically ran back to camp where they found Dan still cleaning fish. Dylan noticed that his father wasn't there and asked, Where's my dad? He went to get some more wood for the fire, Dan answered. He should be back any time now. Dan's reassuring response did little to dispel the uneasy feeling that Dylan and Toby were sharing. Maybe that's what we heard in the woods, your dad gathering wood, Toby offered, his words tinged with a hopeful tone, an attempt to quell the rising nervousness they both felt. Here, Dan handed a cast iron skillet to Toby, set this over the fire. Maybe the smell of some fried fish will make Chris hurry back. I don't know about you guys, but I'm starving. The fish sizzled when Dan laid it into the hot skillet, filling the air with an aroma that made their stomachs growl. For a little while, the boys forgot about Bigfoot and the sounds they had heard in the woods. But as their bellies filled, the fire burned low and the camp grew dark. A sense of unease began to creep back into their minds. Dan's initial sense of calm began to erode, replaced by a gnawing unease that mirrored the boy's growing apprehension. Despite his efforts to maintain a facade of composure for Toby and Dylan's sake, the absence of Chris weighed heavily on his mind. Maybe I should go see what's taking Chris so long. With a deep breath to steady his nerves, Dan rose from his seat by the fire, his movements slow and deliberate as he prepared to venture into the enveloping darkness of the night. The boys watched in tense silence, their hearts pounding in their chests as Dan disappeared into the shadowy depths of the forest, his figure gradually swallowed by the inky blackness. As Dan ventured into the darkness flashlight in hand, the camp grew eerily quiet, the flickering flames of the fire casting shadows that seemed to reach out and grasp at the edges of their fear-stricken minds. With each passing moment, the night grew darker and the air grew heavier, thick with an unspoken sense of foreboding. Toby and Dylan watched with bated breath, their eyes darting anxiously between the surrounding trees as they strained to catch any sign of movement in the enveloping darkness. But as the minutes stretched into hours, and Chris and Dan failed to return. A creeping realization began to take hold. Something was definitely wrong. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more light-hearted tone. 
June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Deep in the shadowed heart of the Pacific Northwest's dense forests lies a creature of whispered terror, the Janosqua. Enveloped in mystery and shrouded by the veils of ancient legend, this beast, similar to the elusive Bigfoot, prowls the remote wilderness with a silent menace. With eyes that seem to see beyond our world and a body wrapped in fur as dark as night, the Janosqua inspires fear in those who dare to enter its territory. Stories of this creature have been passed down through Native American culture, but its true nature remains a mystery, leaving people uncertain and afraid. The Janosqua is often described as a giant creature, standing over 8 feet tall, in some cases 11 to 12 feet, covered in thick fur that's as dark as midnight. Its muscles are strong and powerful, shaped by years of living alone in the wilderness. Its face, surrounded by tangled hair and marked by scars, has eyes that seem to hold ancient wisdom and sharp features that remind us of both humans and animals. As the Janosqua moves through the forest, it emits a low growling sound that echoes through the trees. Its heavy footsteps leave deep marks in the ground, showing its immense size and strength. Despite its intimidating appearance, it moves with a graceful ease disappearing into the forest like a ghost. Though stories about the Janosqua vary among different tribes, one thing remains consistent. It's seen as a mysterious creature, guarding the wild places and remaining beyond our understanding. Throughout history, there have been many stories of people encountering the Janosqua. Some have seen its massive footprints in the forest, while others claim to have glimpsed its shadowy form among the trees. It's believed that most who have seen it have never lived to tell the tale. Despite these accounts, the creature remains elusive, with its true nature still a mystery. The Iroquois legend of the Janosqua, also known as the Stone Giant or Stone Coat, is a fascinating aspect of their oral tradition. In Iroquois mythology, the Janosqua is depicted as a malevolent creature, often described as a giant covered in stone-like scales or armor. The Janosqua is believed to dwell deep within the forests, particularly in the mountains or rocky areas. The Janosqua is a fearsome predator that preys upon humans and other creatures that dare to enter its territory. It's said to possess incredible strength and resilience, making it a formidable adversary for anyone who crosses its path. 
Some versions of the legend describe the Janosqua as being impervious to conventional weapons, adding to its aura of invincibility. According to Iroquois legends, there was once a malevolent race of giants whose bodies were said to be made of stone. The origin of this belief is uncertain, but it may have stemmed from the widespread notion of a gigantic race emerging from Mother Earth, combined with the idea that stones and rocks formed the Earth's skeletal structure. Similar beliefs are found in ancient Greek mythology, such as the story of the Deucalion and Pyrrha, which shares parallels with the biblical tale of Noah. In this myth, survivors of a great flood are instructed by an oracle to veil themselves and cast behind them the bones of their mother, interpreted as stones of the earth. When they do so, men and women are said to emerge from the stones thrown by Deucalion and Pyrrha respectively. The stone giants of the Iroquois, dwelling in the western regions, decided to invade native territory and eradicate humanity. However, a group of natives preparing for war learned of the invasion and were instructed by the gods to challenge the giants to battle. The opposing forces met near a great gulf, but before the giants could reach their human adversaries, they were ambushed by the god of the west wind. The wind god descended upon the titans, causing them to plummet into the abyss below, where they met their demise. One theory about the Janosqua's body armor is that it will cover its body in sap, mud, or pitch, and then roll in dirt, pebbles, and rocks to coat its thick fur, making it almost impenetrable. The Janosqua, unlike Bigfoot, is believed to be primarily a carnivore with long razor-like claws to capture and sharp jagged teeth to chew its prey. The Janosqua is also associated with trickery and deceit in some versions of the legend. It is said to possess the ability to shapeshift or camouflage itself, allowing it to ambush unsuspecting victims with ease. Additionally, the Janosqua is often portrayed as a vengeful spirit punishing those who disrespect or harm the natural world. Despite its fearsome reputation, the Janosqua is sometimes depicted as having a tragic backstory. In some versions of the legend, the creature is said to be the spirit of a human who was transformed into a monstrous being as punishment for violating sacred laws or committing heinous crimes. This aspect of the legend adds depth to the character of the Janosqua portraying it as a complex figure, torn between its primal instincts and its former humanity. In the folklore of many indigenous tribes, the Janosqua occupies a complex and often ambiguous role. Some stories portray it as a fearsome predator, preying upon those who dare to trespass in its domain, while others depict it as a protector of the natural world, punishing those who would seek to exploit or desecrate the wilderness. In some legends, the Janosqua is even said to possess supernatural abilities, such as the power to vanish into thin air or to summon storms at will. Beyond its role as a figure of myth and legend, the Janosqua holds a significant place in the cultural identity of many Native American tribes. Its legend serves as a reminder of the deep connection between indigenous peoples and the natural world and of the importance of respecting the balance and harmony of the wilderness. For some, the Janosqua represents a symbol of resilience and resistance against the encroachment of modernity. 
a testament to the enduring power of indigenous traditions in the face of change. The Janosqua is typically depicted as possessing immense physical strength, capable of overpowering prey and adversaries with ease. Its towering stature and sinewy musculature contributes to its formidable presence in the wild. Despite its size, the Janosqua is often described as surprisingly stealthy and agile, able to move silently through the dense undergrowth of the forest and disappear without a trace when necessary. As a creature of the wilderness, the Janosqua is believed to possess a keen sense of survival and adaptability, able to navigate the rugged terrain of its habitat and endure harsh environmental conditions. Despite its strength and cunning, the Janosqua is often portrayed as vulnerable to human encroachment on its territory, destruction of its natural habitat, or aggressive behavior from humans may provoke defensive responses. The Janosqua's solitary nature and reclusive habits may leave it vulnerable to loneliness or isolation, especially if its habitat is threatened or disrupted by external forces. As a creature of the wild, the Janosqua relies heavily on the natural environment for sustenance and shelter. Disruption of its ecosystem or depletion of its prey could pose significant challenges to its survival. Despite its supernatural reputation, the Janosqua is still subject to the whims of nature. Harsh weather, natural disasters, or other environmental factors could potentially weaken or endanger the creature. In recent years, the legend of the Janosqua has continued to captivate the imaginations of people around the world. From documentaries and television shows exploring the mysteries of the Pacific Northwest, to novels and films inspired by its mythic allure, the creature remains a prominent figure in contemporary culture. Despite advances in science and technology, the legend of the Janosqua endures. The Janosqua has had a notable influence on popular culture especially in literature, films, and television, and other forms of entertainment. While it may not be as widely recognized as some of the other cryptids like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster, the Janosqua's enigmatic nature and ties to Native American folklore have inspired various artistic interpretations and depictions. The Janosqua has been featured in numerous works of fiction. Authors often draw upon its mythic qualities to create compelling stories that explore themes of mystery, adventure, and the supernatural. Overall, the Janosqua's influence on popular culture reflects its status as a captivating figure of myth and legend, with its legacy continuing to captivate imaginations and inspire creative endeavors across various mediums. Some individuals and enthusiasts speculate that cryptids like the Janosqua could potentially be linked to the missing 411 cases. While there is no scientific evidence to support such claims, some people believe that the mysterious nature of cryptids and their presence in remote wilderness areas make them plausible candidates for involvement in unexplained disappearances. Those who entertain the idea of a connection between the Janosqua and the missing 411 cases often point to similarities in reported sightings and encounters. They may argue that the Janosqua's large size elusive nature and purported abilities make it a plausible candidate for involvement in mysterious disappearances.
As the campfire faded to embers and the moon's pale light bathed the forest floor, Toby and Dylan exchanged anxious looks. What should we do? Dylan turned to Toby, his voice tinged with worry. They should have been back by now. What if something happened to our dads? Toby paused, his brow furrowing in deep thought, before offering a determined response. They would tell us to wait. Our dads are tough. They'll come back. Despite the uncertainty gnawing at their insides, Toby's words offered a glimmer of reassurance, a beacon of hope in the midst of their fear. With newfound resolve, the boys settled in to wait, clinging to the belief that their fathers would return unharmed. As the night wore on, a chilling howl pierced the darkness, its eerie sound somewhere between animal and human. Toby and Dylan exchanged frightened glances, their hearts pounding in their chests. Despite their fear, they were determined not to let it paralyze them. With trembling hands, they retrieved the trail camera from Dan's bag and toyed with its functions, hoping to capture whatever was out there lurking in the shadows. The forest seemed to close in around them, the darkness pressing in from all sides as they worked quickly to figure out how to use the camera. Once they were sure that they knew how to operate it, Toby and Dylan retreated to the safety of one of the tents, huddling together for comfort as they waited anxiously for the night to pass. The house continued to echo through the forest, each time growing closer, sending a shiver down their spines. I'm scared, Dylan admitted reluctantly. Toby reached out with a reassuring hand, offering silent comfort to his friend in their shared moment of fear. As Toby and Dylan huddled together in the tent, their hearts pounding with fear, the howls outside grew louder and more menacing. Suddenly, a loud rustling sounded from just beyond the tent, causing both boys to freeze in terror. Dylan's grip tightened on Toby's hand as they held their breath, waiting for whatever lurked outside to reveal itself. Then, without warning, the tent was violently jostled from the outside, as if something large and powerful was trying to force its way in. Toby and Dylan exchanged panicked glances, their minds racing with fear, as they realized that they were not alone in the darkness. With adrenaline coursing through their veins, they knew they had to act fast. Clutching the trail camera tightly, Toby made a split-second decision and reached for the zipper of the tent, determined to confront whatever lurked outside and capture it on film. With trembling hands, he slowly unzipped the tent flap, bracing himself for whatever horrors awaited them in the night. As the zipper slid open, a guttural growl filled the air. But as they peered into the darkness, they were met with a sight that surpassed even their wildest nightmares. Standing before them was a creature of unimaginable size and ferocity, its form towering high into the tree branches like a living nightmare. Its eyes glowed with a primal hunger, its sharp teeth gleaming in the faint moonlight, 
and its long claws flexed menacingly at its sides. Toby's breath caught in his throat as he beheld the creature's terrifying appearance, his mind struggling to comprehend the sheer magnitude of the danger they faced. Beside him, Dylan gasped in horror, his eyes wide with fear as he took in the creature's monstrous form. With adrenaline coursing through their veins, Toby and Dylan knew they were facing a threat like none other. With trembling hands, Toby raised the trail camera, determined to capture evidence of the creature's existence before it was too late. But as he fumbled with the camera's controls, the creature let out a deafening roar, its voice echoing through the night like a thunderclap. Toby's hands shook with fear as he struggled to steady the camera, his heart pounding in his chest as he prayed for the chance to document the creature's terrifying presence. As the creature advanced towards them, Toby knew that they were running out of time. With one final effort, he pressed the button on the camera, hoping against hope that the footage would survive to tell the tale of their harrowing encounter with the unknown. But just as the camera clicked, the tent was wrenched from the ground with a force that sent the boys tumbling backwards in a heap. Their terrified screams filled the night as the creature carried the tent like a sack with its prey captured inside. The boys clung to each other, their hearts pounding in their chests as the tent was carried through the forest, the trees whizzing by in a blur of motion. The creature's footsteps thudded heavily against the forest floor, each one sending shockwaves of fear through Toby and Dylan's trembling bodies. As they were jostled and tossed about inside the tent, Toby and Dylan struggled to maintain their grip on reality, their minds reeling with terror at the thought of what awaited them at the creature's destination. With each passing moment, their fear grew stronger, threatening to overwhelm them completely. As the creature's thunderous footsteps finally ceased, Toby and Dylan felt a sense of relief wash over them, albeit fleeting. The tent was gently set down, and as the flaps parted, they found themselves staring into the yawning darkness of a cave. Their hearts sank as they realized their predicament. They were now trapped inside a dark and foreboding cavern, at the mercy of the creature that had brought them there. Fear gripped them tightly as they peered into the depths of the cave, unable to see more than a few feet ahead of them. The air was thick with the musty scent of damp earth and decay, sending shivers down their spines as they huddled together in the darkness. Every sound seemed magnified, echoing off the cavern walls and amplifying their fear. With trembling hands, Toby and Dylan clung to each other, their minds racing with terror as they awaited whatever fate awaited them in the depths of the cave. All around them, the darkness seemed to close in, suffocating them in its oppressive weight. But despite the overwhelming fear that threatened to consume them, Toby and Dylan knew that they had to stay strong. With no way of knowing what lay ahead, they braced themselves for the unknown, clinging to the hope that they would find a way to escape the clutches of the creature and make it out of the cave alive. 
Days passed with no sign of Dan, Chris, Toby, or Dylan. Toby's mother, growing increasingly worried when they didn't return home as planned, made the difficult decision to contact the authorities. With shaking hands, she dialed 911, her voice trembling as she explained the situation to the dispatcher. Tears welled in her eyes as she recounted how the four campers had ventured into the wilderness for a simple fishing trip and never returned. The authorities sprang into action, launching a full-scale search and rescue operation to comb the vast expanse of the forest for any trace of the missing campers. Helicopters buzzed overhead. Search teams scoured the dense underbrush and canine units sniffed tirelessly for any scent of their whereabouts. As the days turned into weeks, hope began to dim. The once bustling campsite remained eerily undisturbed, save for the missing tent and the absence of its occupants. Toby's mother clung to the faint glimmer of hope that her son and the others would be found safe and sound. But with each passing day, her fears grew stronger. As the search efforts stretched on, the forest seemed to hold its secrets close, refusing to yield any clues to the fate of the missing campers. And as the weeks turned into months, Toby's mother was left to grapple with the agonizing uncertainty of not knowing what had become of her beloved husband, her son, and their companions. As time went by, their story became the subject of YouTube videos and documentaries. Hikers and campers went missing on a regular basis, often with no clues left behind as evidence of their fate. But for four people to disappear without a trace was phenomenal. It was the stuff that lovers of the eerie and macabre dreamed of, despite the fact that it was a tragically sad story. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Destination Terror, hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. Until next time, stay safe out there because this world is a strange one.